Welcome to With Heart and Wonder. This is a place for us to explore heart-centered living and to celebrate what it means to live with wonder, with awe and appreciation for the possibilities that are within us and around us. I'm Megan Johnston, and I am truly so honored and excited that you are here. Let's dive in and journey together. Welcome to episode 30 of With Heart and Wonder. If we haven't met before, my name is Megan, and this episode feels really close to my heart for a lot of reasons. And if you're a longtime podcast listener, you may remember that back in April, April 9th, I turned 30. That was kind of in the midst of things were still really heightened around the coronavirus and, and everything that was happening. And I wasn't really in a space of kind of thinking about my birthday at that time. And what was kind of cool is in the last few weeks, I've, I've kind of felt myself come into a space where I can start to think about this, this transition of years and, and what that really has meant for me. And this is episode 30. So I figured we needed to take advantage of that. And it, it felt like it all aligned in a really powerful way. I don't know that there will ever be another time where my age and the podcast episode number that we're on will match. And so that feels really neat. And it also feels really intentional because in... The last little while, I've kind of come into a space in my heart where I feel ready to share a part of my story and my journey that I haven't actually shared before. Before we go any further, I do just want to offer a trigger warning for the rest of the episode. There will be some discussion of mental health that may feel a little bit heavier. So I often talk about, and I've talked about it in the podcast, and I've, I've shared this story for years in all sorts of different settings about my own first experience with burnout, which happened when I was 19 years old, and that led to me leaving school at that time. It led to me finding yoga and becoming a yoga teacher, and it led to me really starting to think about the power of rest in, in my life and the power of rest in my life as a tool for coming home to myself. And I, you know, spent years at, at that time starting to accumulate different tools as I was working through my, my spiritual journey, my wellness journey. I was really in this space of just exploring. And that was a really cool place to be. And I gathered all of these tools. But it feels really important to share this story today because... That moment when I was 19 years old and, and I left school and I experienced burnout, first of all, it's not the only period of burnout in my life. I have had burnouts since then, despite all of the tools that I've come to explore and, and have come to mean so much in my life. And then the second thing is that that is not the lowest moment in my life. The lowest moment in my 30 years of living happened when I was 24 years old. 
And it's that story that I've held a little bit closer and haven't shared before, but I am feeling like I am in a place where I am I'm really able to, to talk about that now. And that feels like such a gift in, in so many ways. So I thought I'd tell you a little bit about my own lowest moment. And then I thought I'd share kind of where I am right now with, you know, having turned 30 this year and looking to the future, the the things that I'm holding close and the the truths that I feel like I am finally in a place that I can embody. So let's jump to my life as as a 24 year old and and in actuality I I think I had really just turned 24 when when all of this was happening and so really it kind of starts when I was 23 and at that period in time I was graduating from my undergraduate degree I jumped around schools I actually attended three different schools in my my undergrad just because I was trying to figure out my place in the world and and what it was that was going to light me up the types of environments that I wanted to be in I ended up settling in at Carleton where I studied human rights and absolutely loved that program. And while I was there, I had the opportunity to do so much incredible work while studying. And I, as a student, was a student researcher and I was able to be a facilitator for this incredible program for um, students who wouldn't have otherwise gained entry to university. There's a program at Carleton that supports those students in transitioning to university. I was also able to work at student affairs and and the student experience um, to, to support students in all sorts of different ways. And what ended up happening is that before I had actually graduated, I was offered a job, which was incredible. And not only was it a job, but it was what I thought at that time was my dream job. And I ended up getting this job and actually starting the job before I had actually graduated. So the job was supporting and coordinating um, all of the mentorship programs for student retention for academically at-risk students, as well as students that were the first in their family to go to university. And so I was absolutely delighted about this opportunity. It combined my passions for community building, my passions for um, education, and learning styles, as well as my passion for coaching, because so much of these programs, these mentorship programs, were actually about helping older students learn how to hold space and create a container and ask transformational questions and be there to support and cheer on the students that they were mentoring. So it was this incredible opportunity for me. And and at the same time, there were also these other transitions. Um, Eric and I were, at the time, we'd been together for, I guess, about a year at that time. And we decided we were moving in together. And so there were all of these things that, that started to happen. So it was this really exciting time in my life. Lots of change happening. Um, this period of kind of coming into myself, my, my first real full-time job 
And I had gotten this job straight out of my undergraduate degree, and I was the the youngest person who worked in in that office. And not only that, but I was supervising 80 upper level students, some of whom I'd had classes with before, some of whom were older than me. There was this overwhelming sense that I had that I had to prove myself. And this is something I think a lot of us can relate to at different times in our lives, but that sense of needing to prove that, you know, that the hiring of me was not a mistake and needing to prove that I could do it, that I, you know, I was young, which was, um, I knew the way that a lot of people viewed me, not necessarily even in, in my office, but a lot of the, the other people across the campus that I was working with, the collaborations, I knew that I, I appeared young because not only was I young, I was 23, but I probably could have passed for a 19-year-old. And so there was this sense for me of needing to prove myself. And there was also this sense of being handed this incredible portfolio, which in so many ways, I truly believe with all of my heart that I was absolutely qualified for. But there were some elements of the job that were really new to me. And and some of those elements in particular were supporting students in distress, which isn't to say that I hadn't come across that before. But in, in this case, when there were students in distress, the mentors would come to me and I would be in this place of, of deciding how to proceed. And, and so there were were cases that that were new to me and and because when we're looking at at students who are are struggling and academically struggling like so often there's all of these extenuating circumstances for for why that's happening there's we have to take that holistic approach and so there were lots of of cases of students that were really struggling with whether it was um, issues of mental health or or interpersonal issues in, in family or relationships. And those felt heavy for me. And even though in those types of cases, you know, that student would be referred for help from a caseworker, a social worker, someone in the health and counseling department, there was still this sense of heaviness that I felt because it was an area I wasn't really used to dealing with. And so what ended up happening is after several months in in this position where I felt like I needed to to do so much, I needed to prove myself, I needed to be working all the time, I needed to be checking my phone on weekends and evenings at all hours of the day in case there was a student that needed something, I started to get really, really burned out. And at this time, I had so many tools that were available to me. But just because we have tools does not mean that we are using them. And I came up with excuse after excuse after excuse as to why I wasn't using those tools. Or sometimes I would, but it wasn't enough to counteract all of the stress and the tension that I was holding in my body and my being. So I was pretty exhausted 
by the time April rolled around and my mom, who usually goes south sometime in the spring, offered that I could go with her on vacation. So I ended up rearranging my schedule and taking a few days off to go with her to Miami. And I kind of set this intention that this would be a time for me to recover. This would be a time for me to come back to center, to rest, and that I'd come back ready to hit the ground running again. But what happened in many ways was completely the opposite. I found myself, and it's kind of a a longer story, uh, maybe for another day, but we ended up switching accommodations while we were there and we ended up at this really really beautiful hotel in Miami it was gorgeous and I found myself laying on the beach and feeling this profound sense of disconnect this profound sense of well, here I am, now what? This profound sense of having slowing down and felt like I had lost myself along the way. And so the the lowest moment in my life came one evening in Miami when I couldn't sleep. And I felt so much emotion and I felt like I didn't really know if I wanted to live anymore and I ended up after hours of kind of thinking and and being with myself and feeling so profoundly like a shell of a person, the shell of who I once was. I ended up going to the bathroom and and calling Eric. And I still remember like that bathroom will be etched in my mind until the end of time in part because it was one of the most beautiful bathrooms I've ever been in. Um, but also because it's where I made that phone call sitting on the floor and speaking the words for, for the first time to anyone that I wasn't sure that I wanted to live anymore. And that was the lowest moment in my life. And I came back from Miami and I was able to, to get all of the help that I needed at that time. And, and it was a few months of, of journeying back to myself. It was a few months of, of doing the work. And it actually was probably a few years of really, really doing the work. Until I was able to come back to a space where I felt 
more at home in my being again, more at home in, in my body, my mind, and my heart. And it's in part, it was because I kept putting myself in these situations. Even after that moment, nothing was, was that intense, but I kept putting myself in these situations where I, I, I felt like I needed to prove something, that I wasn't good enough as I was. And so what is profoundly beautiful has been in this last year really noticing and savoring and celebrating the fact that now where I am in my life, I feel this profound sense of enoughness when it comes to my relationship with myself. And I feel a profound sense of connection to all of the layers of my being and to all that is beyond me. More than I ever have in my life before, I feel at home in myself. And there are all sorts of things that got me there. But the biggest, the biggest, the biggest thing has been choosing to be in relationship with myself in a way that really celebrates compassion. And from this place of compassion, there are three lessons that I really feel that I have embodied and that I am taking into this new decade. And I thought I'd share them today. I have learned that I can be still. There was this sense in, in some of the work that I've done previously, there was this sense that if I stopped going or if I stopped pushing or if I didn't do something, that the world would come crumbling down. And I know that's a hard lesson for many of us to learn, that we are, in fact, replaceable. And that is, in itself, a really beautiful thing And with that comes this knowledge that we can actually step away and know that others can fill in. That we can choose to be still, to care for ourselves, to to miss a deadline, to take time off, and that it will not be the end of the world. I have learned that my heart is strong. I have always been someone who feels things deeply. And in that job that I told you about, that first job that I had, one of the conversations that would come up with my supervisor was this idea of developing a thicker skin. And I really, truly honor and appreciate those words. I do believe they would have been so helpful if I had continued in that path. But I also believe that developing that thicker skin would have taken me further away from my own heart. And what I've done instead is find a path for me where my heart can be celebrated as it is, where I can feel things deeply. And that ability to feel things deeply is in fact a gift. And in those moments, whenever they arise, that that it does feel like too much, I know 
that my heart is strong because I have weathered storms before. And the last lesson that I have learned is that I am enough. I still do struggle with this sometimes in my relationships with others. But when it comes to my relationship with myself, there was so much of my life where I was searching for approval and recognition outside of myself. And I've come to a place now where I'm really able to celebrate that within me. I've come to this place where I can accept who I am and that feels so, so deeply nourishing. My 20s were such a roller coaster of adventures. And as I look to this next decade, there are some things that I know for sure. I know that those roller coasters will continue. There are always ups and downs, ebbs and flows of life. But I also know that I have developed such a strong toolkit to meet those ebbs and flows of life with ease and grace. In a guided meditation last week, I came across an affirmation that I hadn't heard before. It was, you are a work of art. And this affirmation really stuck with me and proved the the basis for most of my teaching in this past week because it rings so true. We are all these beautiful, complex, magnificent works of art. And so much of my journey has been embracing the beauty that is my own work of art rather than just seeing the beauty in others. But coming to see all the lights, all the shadows, all the shades, all the textures is this integral, this meaningful part of what makes that piece whole. It has been such a gift to have had the opportunity in these last few years to really come more fully into myself. And my heart is filled with so much gratitude for each and every moment that has led me to where I am and this period of my life that I spoke about today, this period of the lowest of lows was also a period that had so much beauty. I know there is so much more ahead on this journey. It truly means so much to me to have met so many incredible heart-centered people along the way. So I thank each and every person who I've crossed paths with for the moments we've shared together, the lessons maybe we've learned together, the things we've explored together. And thank you for being here. I feel so grateful that I get to do this work, that I get to share this podcast with all of you. And this year, my 30th year, I feel especially grateful that there's this feeling of all of these different pathways All these different experiences in my own life, there's this feeling that they are all coming together just like that work of art where 
all of the layers, all of the pieces come together in this cohesive whole to make something meaningful. And for me, that has been this creation of my new course launching August 30th, Radical Rest Rhythms. It's been this incredible opportunity for me to bring together some of my own passion for learning, for educational pedagogy, learning styles, for community building, and the incredible power that is to be held in a space with others where we feel seen and supported. To bring together my passion for mental health and the incredible power that is available to us when we learn about working with our nervous system and when we learn about incorporating moments of of rest and stillness in ways that feel natural and supportive for us. And so I'm I'm just so excited to see where this this takes me. It was a few years ago that I remember I was so frustrated that I I didn't know what my my place was in the world. I didn't know what my passion, what my dharma was and I ended up actually having a, a reading with an intuitive energy healer and she said, oh, just wait. Just wait a few years and you will see how all the threads come together. And I finally feel like I have arrived in that place where all of the threads are coming together. I can see the whole of myself as well as the whole of what I am here to do in this particular moment of time, of course, knowing that that may change and evolve. Let's all keep living with heart and wonder. Let's all keep finding deep compassion for our wholeness, for all the layers of being. Let's all lean into our beauty, our magnificence, for you are a work of art. I know it. I believe it with every cell of my being. And I'm here cheering you on. (laughs) 